Blog Talk Radio. Spirituality Today. I'm Jamie Sanders, along with Denise Ergen, here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Jamie Sanders, coming to you from my office here at Unity of Pensacola, along with my wonderful co-host, Denise Ergen, coming to you from Unity of Music City in one of my favorite cities, Nashville, Tennessee. On today's program, we're going to be talking about what's going on in Denise and I's personal spiritual journey. And then in the last hour of the broadcast, Donna Michael will be joining in on the conversation as our guest co-host today as we get into the topic of what's new in spirituality and ministry. If you have any comments you would like to make during the program, you can post them on our Facebook page, which Denise and I will be monitoring, or you can call us live at area code 516-531-9329 to share your thoughts, comments, or ask a question. So Denise, do you know one of the reasons why I love Nashville so much, I mean, other than you and Judy, but particularly the suburb outside of Nashville known as Brentwood? You know, I have to know, and I think anybody that's looked at your Facebook page or know you is because of the infamous and amazing Dolly Parton. Because anytime you've come here to visit us, that's all you can talk about and who you want to see on the street. Is that not correct? That is correct, and a couple of times I have been parked out front of her house and had to leave quickly before security (laughs) came. Just saying. You know, not that I'm a stalker, but I at least wanted to see the mailbox. So, anyway. <laughs> you so can't have help you ever you love. seen her in concert or anything, Jamie? I have seen her many times, and when I was a kid, I actually got to meet her. And, um, you know, my mom loves to tell the story. Even with My mom has dementia, for those of you that are listening now, but she will still say, you know, she remembers, she'll hear songs, and she'll say, who's that? And she'll say, that's Dolly. And she goes, you know what, even when you were a little boy, you were in love with her, you outgrew the Partridge family and all these other people, but you always <laughs> loved you some Dolly. And, and I do, and people love to make jokes about the reasons I love Dolly, but I really think, personally, it's a past life thing. But... You know, I enjoy it, and I love coming to Music City because you and Judy take me around. You show me, you know, Music Row and Printer's Alley and all these things. So uh, any excuse to come to Nashville and hang out and play is always on my list of top things to do. Yay! Well, you know, in in talking about Dolly, just for a moment, you know, today is Emerson's birthday. Are you from, Are you aware of that? I did see that on Facebook this morning. Yeah, that's amazing. And one of the quotes that I pulled up that he did, and actually Reverend John McLean, who's another Unity minister in town, had had it on his Facebook page today, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. And I know if there's anything that I think Dolly Parton actually taught 
in her life is that, exactly, that she decided who she was going to be and decided it extremely early and became that and became very successful because that was her focus. And I think that's really the unity message all in itself. I really do, too. And, and you know, that's one of the things in, in this first half hour before we bring on our guest co-host in the last hour. I wanted to take the time for you and I to just kind of discuss what we've been dealing with personally in our own lives as far as our spiritual awakening and shift in consciousness. And so we were talking a little bit before we went live on the air. And, you know, one of the things that's been coming up for me, and I, I even posted a video this morning on my Facebook page, is about um, – you know, I, I just don't understand when people claim, and I mean, there's hypocrisy in all areas of our lives, you know, but when we claim to be so spiritual, and some people don't use the word spiritual, they like to use the word religious, but when we claim to be so spiritual slash religious, and yet we justify our behavior in being mean and nasty um, to other people, um, I've seen it uh, with ministers to ministers on some of the you know, the private pages we have, and I and I'm just blown away by that because I think one of the things that I said this morning was I would move heaven and earth before I would uh, let that be seen. I would go into deep prayer, meditation, uh, therapy, shock treatment, whatever, <laughs> to work through my craziness before. Because I, I, I've, I've shared this with you before, and, and you've, you've agreed with me, that people are always watching us. When we have that word rev in front mm-hmm. of us, it's even worse that we're being watched. But, you know, so I'm, I'm really trying to work through, and, and I, make, I make the joke, and I, I ponder, is it a joke, that sometimes I fantasize. I would love to turn a table over in the middle of a restaurant when someone has said <laughs> something really hateful. And, you know, when somebody sucker punches you, and, you know, like we just say in the South, they'll call you darling, but they just punched you in the gut under the table when they cut you down. And, and, and I go, somebody's want take a deep breath and, and, and let it go in the moment. But the, I, I just want to share that with you and see what your take is uh, about the, the meanness that we see. And we're all human, and that's what I said in the video. I'm not trying to be shaming, and I'm not trying to be judging. I'm, I'm asking it of the God within me to understand, because I don't want to be that way. I would like sometimes to not be fearful of saying, now you've really made me angry with what you just said. And then spiritually, you know, people go, nobody makes us angry. I got it. (laughs) I got it. You know, so please don't start texting me and telling me nobody makes us angry. I get it. They threw the ball and I caught the pitch. So what's your take on it when you see not only just – people claiming to be spiritual or religious because we both grew up in religion and have shifted into the world and realm of spirituality. But what's your take on it when you see it? Well, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, I never fully realized until I stepped in to be a spiritual leader or a minister or whatever you want to call it, how very vulnerable I was going to become. Um, I have generally, because of who I am as a person, always risen to the top and been a leader no matter where I was, whether I wanted to or not. I have worked in education for years and years, and every time I would get into a school or when I worked for the School for the Blind for 15 years, they kept saying, we want you to be the principal, and I was like, I don't want to be the damn principal. I just want to do what I'm doing because I've never really – 
wanted to be the person that was in charge of stuff because I think I have seen all along that the higher people get into any kind of an organization, it's like people that are disgruntled are going to blame you for something. They play out their father-mother issues with you, and I think it's even magnified when you are a minister or a reverend or whatever you want to call yourself because I know just the other day I was in a counseling session with someone who had been very, very abused in a relationship as a child by a minister. And the person was explaining to me what that felt like and how that she really, you know, didn't necessarily even trust ministers. And it was a very interesting conversation for me to try to pull back and listen to and go, you know, not only am I trying to work my own stuff out here, and deal with the fact that sometimes I'm human and I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or, heaven forbid, show one of my emotions in a moment because, you know, I think sometimes we're held to a higher standard and we're supposed to be high and holy all the time and never feel angry and never be pissed off and never be upset. But, you know, I I was thinking about this whole process of, you know, People do put other people on pedestals, just like we said about Dolly Parton. They they put us in this place where it's almost impossible to stay there. And then when they begin to see our humanity on any level, some people just come out sideways and start fighting. You know, I've had congregants leave and say some of the most horrendous things that I wouldn't say about anybody ever, you know, and throw it out there on Facebook. And I'm like, none of that is really true because I never said any of that or did any of that. But then I have to remember that's their perception. And I know you and I were talking about, so then I go inside and I try to do my own personal work and go, you know, where have I judged another person that harshly and what in the world, what's it all about, Alfie? I have no (laughs) idea some days. And some days I think, you know, why in the world did I choose this life path? So sometimes I am kind of like the little dog sitting there going, ooh, ooh, ooh trying to figure it out and trying to learn the lesson that I need to learn to move forward. So I don't know if any of that made sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I think, you know, the other evening I was looking at um, one of the private pages on Facebook for New Thought Ministers. And, um, I mean, sometimes some of the ministers, and and that's what I say, I, I remind myself, I'm still in a human body. Other people are still, even ministers have issues to work through and learn, but when we're nasty, I, I know we would tell our congregants, "What's that really about for you?" When I, let's you know, let's go into prayer, let's take that into meditation, and ask what it is you're really angry about. Because I, I quoted the Course in Miracles when it says, "I'm never upset for the reason I think that there's always something beneath the anger." But when we lash out, and I can't help but wonder. You know, sometimes, and again, I, I, I hesitate because I don't want anyone to accuse me of judging. 
I'm working with this and, and trying to understand it so that I don't become that energy. But I think sometimes when we lash out at another minister, everybody's entitled to think what they want to think, believe what they want to believe, vote for who they want to vote for. I, I don't want to argue. I don't want to. I, I don't want to fight with people. I don't. Ha- when I was younger, I don't about you. I, ha- I felt I had to get the last word in. That's why I got in trouble with my dad more than anything. I had to have that mouth running as I walked away, and then I'd get in trouble because I mumbled something under my breath, and he had bad ears. If I would have just shut my mouth, you know what I mean? And so that's what I think. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to argue with you. Oh, you don't you don't see it that way? That's okay. But don't make me wrong. You know, it's like when we post something on Facebook and people, you know, I didn't even make it. And somebody said, well, I don't agree with that. Well, okay, mm-hmm. that's why it's right. called my page. I have to, you know, it's called my page. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. It, that doesn't mean that you get to critique it all and say, you know. So that's what I, I say to myself when somebody's angry or ministers are being nasty to another minister. This, for me, is about ego. That either there's some resentment or jealousy, and a lot of times the nastier the individual. This is what I've I have seen. The nastier the individual with their posting and berating of other ministers they usually have a struggling ministry. And right. Because you know that anger is going to spill over into everything they do, everything they say. And so mm-hmm. they're they're bashing a minister who, you know, it's like all the, the fundamentalist ministers who bash Joel Osteen. I, I think he's, I, I mean, when I'm flipping the channels, I stop and watch him. I find him enlightening. I find him charming. I, I don't judge the man, and the, but the ones who are bashing and saying he's not teaching true Christianity have 30 people on a Sunday, right. and I go, you know, the judgment, you know, the judgments that we make on another minister, that I just say, oh, that's how I choose not to show up that way. I mean, for some right. people, and I know you've been accused of this too, and that's one of the reasons we're friends, I've been accused <laughs> of being too outspoken, too mm-hmm. much. You know, a lot of people want a reverent, quiet, um, check their pulse Holy person. <laughs> right. <laughs> no humor. God forbid we laugh. Holy, in holy. And people go, oh, that's not a, that's not what a minister is supposed to be. And then you got all these other people that go, oh my God, that's why I come here because they make me laugh. You know, last Sunday in church, didn't I don't know why I told a story and I said whore. I, I, I could not stop saying the word whore. <laughs> and the people just kept laughing, and it just—it was like the gumball kept rolling out of the machine. And I kept going, yes. "Okay, you've said it three times now." And the more I said it, the more they laughed. But I was talking about how we show up and we go to say something, and something else comes out of our mouth. And I didn't—I said to my friend one night, she'd been to a Renaissance festival, all done up in her garb, and she was breathtaking. And I said to her, uh, I was shocked. I said, "You look like a Renaissance whore." <laughs> We looked at each other. She looked at me. I looked at her, and I was like, what? She got very angry, and she flipped me off, and she went out the front doors while I went after her. And her husband said, leave her alone. And I said, no, no, no. I said, there's something that she's not mad at me. You know what I mean? So I went outside with her, and I said, what's going on? She's crying. And she cut her eyes over at her husband. And I Mm -hmm. knew right then that's somewhere he goes when they argue. And I right. switch. Sure. So I, I was telling the story about how we show up, and if you know that you did something, you make amends for it. 
Right. And so I always go, I check myself, what's that about? So when I see ministers or people who claim to be, you know, I'm the greatest yogini or I'm the guru, and they throw mm-hmm. a plate across a restaurant, I have to go, <laughs> oh, you know, I don't want to show up like that. <laughs> right, right. So. Well, and, you know, the interesting thing is you just said make amends for it. And, you know, it's it's like you have to decide what that really looks like because everybody is different. And, you know, I have some people that have been angry with me since I became the minister of this church. And any time I've ever reached out to them, they would not allow me to have a conversation with them, you know, or want to hold on to the story that they've been holding on to for 400 years, whether it's true or not. And so, you know, that there is another issue. It's like sometimes... I believe. Have you ever read the the story, the children's story, um, that was written by Neil Donald Walsh called "Little Soul in the Sun"? No. Have you ever read that story? Uh-uh. It is an amazing story, and I've shared it with many, many people. And since you haven't ever heard it, I will eventually order you a copy and get it mailed to you. But um, you know, Neil Donald Walsh is one of the great spiritual teachers of our time, and he basically says that we all come in with some sort of a contract, and sometimes those bizarre things that come out of our mouths or, you know, that come out on Sunday morning even, sometimes I go, ooh, where did that come from? I didn't plan on saying that. I think is Holy Spirit's way of working through us because we are open channels, And that's the piece that I think a lot of people don't understand about being a spiritual leader and a minister is we are open channels, and sometimes we show up to comfort people who are suffering, but sometimes we show up, as I was taught in ministerial school, to afflict the comfortable. Does that make any sense? Because I, I signed up for that. I said I, I sign up to be there as a light, and sometimes lights are shining with other lights, and sometimes lights are shining on the darkness, you know. And that is not necessarily the most comfortable place to be sometimes when I'm shining a light in the middle of some darkness and somebody doesn't really want to notice that or wants to hide or wants to run from it. And sometimes there's no good way of saying some of the things that I think ministers are called to say in certain situations. You know, I know some people probably would disagree because I think sometimes people think that we are here to hold people's hands and say, bless your heart, all the time. But I don't know (laughs) That's not who I am as a person. It's not that I can't be very empathetic and be with someone, but I also know because I've been a therapist for almost 30 years and I do life coaching, I am here to, as I say, use the pry bar and pry you out of this stuck place that you're in, and sometimes that looks a little less than loving at times. It's almost like tough love. Does that make sense at all? Yes, and and I think too what I what I while you were saying that it flashed in my mind. I, you know, I always am saying to myself, "What's this really about?" And I, and it comes up as um, I don't like bully energy. So when I see right. another minister bullying another minister, um, yes. 
that brings up some childhood issues of being told to be quiet or you're wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I go about. Okay, I don't have to be right, but when you tell someone you're not doing, you're not thinking clearly or you're not, um, you're not doing it the way I would do it. And so we have right. to remember to say, oh, you, you know, even as a mentor through the program that you and I went through, you mm-hmm. either have a mentor who mentors you and calls you to come up higher or you have one that tries to control you and make you a, a carbon copy of who they've been. And right. so I had one in the beginning that wanted me to be a little, you know, I was to walk a straight line. I wasn't to question. I wasn't. That doesn't work for me. I've always been different and out of the box. I'll play by the rules. And then my second mentor that I got, I, I requested another one. When I got her and I would call her and I would say, well, you know, what should I do? And she goes, why are you asking me? Go right. within and ask the God within you what is the right and perfect thing for Jamie to do. Don't don't ask me what I would do because you're not me. I'm not you. And I I learned from that. And so that's so why I go. Oh, that's that's not how you would do it. There was a discussion the other day about when to do announcements on the feed with all the ministers. <laughs> is is there a right on, time and wrong time to do announcements? I guess. Oh there my is. God! You would have thought. You would have thought. I mean. And so I said, <laughs> Oh well, we've done both at the beginning and at the end. And what we found was. Oh, and I said, oh, really, the truth is there's no right or wrong way to do it. You have to know your people. So instead mm-hmm. of telling people you should, which, you know, that's one of the big things we learned in, in Spirituality 101, we don't should on other people. Right. Because the moment we should on them, we are saying you're doing it wrong and you're a dumbass. So, right. But when you say, have you ever considered trying to do it this way, just see if it works for you. And the person feels safe and goes, oh, thank you for that. Right. So, I mean, my thing is I don't, I don't want to be mean and nasty, but I do sometimes uh, want to – and I've gotten really good at not being bullied. I will stand up, but I, I never raise my voice. Uh, I've learned that. I've witnessed that before, too. And so I will say the code word at, at anything is I will say, and now I'm angry very mm-hmm. calmly, and I express myself, and um, mm-hmm. it works. I mean, if if I start yelling – what happens? Crazy's let out of the box, and then you're going to get more crazy out of their jack in the box. So, right, right. You know, I think for me, I have in my office because it's a workshop that I've done many times over the years with people here, and I've done it at Unity Village a few times. The characteristics that I say are characteristics of a spiritual leader, and one of them is modeling the way. And I believe that that is part of what some of us are called to do in these positions, whether we're ministers or licensed teachers or practitioners of any kind. We're there to model the way. And I think sometimes that is a difficult thing to have signed up for because, again, You know, there are many times, and I'll just be honest with you, that things go on here. It might be with my leadership. It might be with a congregant. And it takes everything inside my power not to just let her rip tater chip. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking, where in the world did that come from? And... Over the years, I've made, again, as I said, many different, you know, judgment calls and mistakes along the way. I have trusted my feelings and my emotions with other people in leadership, and I've found out the hard way that they've used that against me at times, you know, to try to do something, whatever it was they thought they could do. And 
I guess because I am also a leader in what is called the Donaldson Hermitage Old Hickory Network here in town, I realize that it's not an issue that is just about ministry. It is an issue that is in leadership everywhere. I mean, Lord mercy, not that I, I don't want to talk about politics, but look at what's going on out there right now in that area. Anybody that is brave enough to stand up and say, here's what I believe and here's what I think is also opening the door to be shot down, if that makes sense. Unfortunately, in our world today, we've not learned the fact that being peaceful and loving does not require me to agree with you. One of the things we are we are attempting right now at Unity of Music City to teach, because we've affirmed this year that we choose peace. And being peaceful does not mean that I have to agree with everything. I, like you, am always amazed at people getting on my Facebook page and going off about something that I've posted, and I'm like, well, stay off my page. <laughs> you don't like what I post. I'm not going to get on your page and go off on something you posted because that's none of my business, you know. But, you know, it, it's an interesting world that we live in um, of deciding when to hold them and when to fold them, you know. When do I stand up in this world today and say, this is what I believe, and when do I not? When do I shut my mouth? As you say, shut your pie hole. I, you know, when, when is it time to do that? And, you know, that is probably the biggest spiritual learning that I am learning this time around is, you know, when is it time for me to speak up and when is it not time for me to speak up? You know, how, how do you driving. decide that as a minister, Jamie? Well, I mean, that's what I always ask when I ask for guidance. Tell me what, tell me what's mine to do. Tell me what's, you know, tell me what's going on and, and have me look at it. So even when I was on a, a recent trip, I was driving in, in the truck and I'm driving and I pray out loud, listen to music for a while. And I said, you know, I was going over the things I'm thankful for and two things rolled out of my mouth out loud, which made me laugh. And the first one was, I said, you know, dear God, thank you. And I paused and I said that I never had children. And I started laughing. And then the next one was, dear God, thank you, I'm not crazy. And so I shared that with one of my friends later on the phone, and she said, oh, are you kidding me? You're nuts. I mean, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm nuts? But, and I had to laugh, but, you know, I mean, I always say to the congregation, crazy has a look. Turn right. around, look. Look around. Right. You. And, and the thing is, is to realize, oh, I'm acting crazy right now because I'm I'm having – to be right. I either have such low self-esteem that I have to shame another person or make them wrong so that I feel better about myself. And then you hear the Holy Spirit whisper and go, everybody's okay. You don't have to play. Then don't do that. And I told you that story. You know, we're we're going to wind this up here in a second. But one of my favorite stories was when Edwin came to speak and one of our congregants um, who you know we all have the the ones who are always challenged with they're always upset about something she raised her hand in the workshop and she said i just don't like it when we say father mother god right. and so i turned to look you know what i mean and i was like if i had a pistol and edwin says well then don't say it sugar next question 
And I was like, I love Edwin. I'd love like to carry I? her around with me everywhere. Do you know what I mean? But I thought that's yes. the perfect answer. Then don't are you you're going to argue and stress over saying father. <laughs> then don't say you know shamalama ding dong right. when you pray. But right. what a simple solution to us staying attached to drama and upset in our life. So right, you know, it's kind of like the the things you've seen on television. Doctor, it hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, well, quit doing that. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't do it anymore if it bothers you. So I know, yeah. we overcomplicate. You know, that's one of the thing about keeping it simple. So anyway, we're coming to the close of our first 30 minutes here on the show. And so in our next hour, we're about to bring on our guest co-host. I want to tell you a little bit about this amazing woman. Donna Michael is a critically acclaimed musician, noted motivational speaker and workshop presenter throughout the country, and is an ordained religious science minister. Her passion and presentations for Colin Tippin's radical forgiveness material has been transformational for many, and she has a following around the world because of the light and the love that she shares when she shows up and allows spirit to work in, through, and around her. We are pleased to have her with us today as our guest co-host, and if you would like to check out her website later, you can do that by going to DonnaMichael.com. It's Michael, not Michaels, .com. It's an amazing website. Her music is there. She's a phenomenal musician and singer. So Donna, thanks for being with us on the show today and being willing to play with Denise and I. Hi there. I am happy to be with you all. Thanks so much, Jamie and Denise. I appreciate the invitation. You are so welcome, Donna. I thought you might enjoy talking about changes in spirituality and ministry right now. Wow. Well, that's a huge topic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. Well, let me ask you all a question first, because I came on a little bit after you had started. Um, and so were you all already addressing this? Have I missed something? Maybe just a recap for listeners who might have just signed on. Jamie, why don't you give a quick overview of what we did the first 30 minutes? Yeah, Donna, basically the the thing that Denise and I were doing the first 30 minutes of the show was just kind of sharing, you know, some any issues that she and I are dealing with, and it basically ended up getting to be my issue today, but we both related, and that's about us being, showing up in the world as, you know, whether it's minister to minister or spiritual person to another spiritual person, and, and being kind and compassionate. We've been, you know, sharing that we've seen a lot of um, nastiness. Um, and I don't know if it's the shift of energy on the planet, and but I mean, I just it, it concerns me when I see, especially because all of us are ministers on the show today, New Thought ministers, especially that you know we teach kindness and we teach compassion and and patience and tolerance, and yet even on Facebook we're seeing ministers being very angry, and so that's what we talked about, and of course. That goes right into our topic today, because we're going to talk about what's new in the world of spirituality slash ministry, because not everybody listening is in ministry. Some of them may not even attend a spiritual center. But the idea of what you're seeing, because all of us don't just stay in one location. We travel, we do workshops, conferences, that sort of thing. And so we wanted to get the ball rolling with you about what have you seen recently shifting in the world, first of spirituality overall, and then what you have noticed taking place in ministry for you? Ah, okay, great. That's a wonderful recapping of that. And uh, obviously I think you all really touched on something that first uh, half hour. 
I read an editorial the other day, and it was simply entitled, Why is Everyone So Angry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, it, and it is kind of interesting. And one of the things regarding ministry, you made a good point. Uh, we also seeing we also see ministers have, uh, as a friend of mine calls it, a human moment. Uh, whenever, mm-hmm. you know, we might be on discussion groups, a list serve, and uh, I'm continually amazed at, at what I do see sometimes. Going, now, let me see, um, are we ministers here? Uh, what are we really discussing? <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's, did anyone read Don Miguel Ruiz, Take Nothing Personally, uh, for the Four <laughs> Agreements? <laughs> But I think um, this is a really relevant topic because perhaps now more than ever in the climate of our country, our society, and the world, it seems like uh, we could all benefit from a huge dose of loving spirituality uh, because in many ways it seems as though we continue to divide ourselves, I'm just observing, uh, not proclaiming those truths, but it, it just seems like we keep dividing ourselves, um, well, I believe this, and you believe that, and this is right, and this is wrong, and just simply all of these extremes. And I wonder perhaps if it is the inner aspect of all of us and perhaps society as a whole just simply calling to itself something new. And what I mean by that is is the fact that, you know, we never know how to appreciate light if we haven't seen darkness. And so I wonder, are we really on the edge of glimpsing a, a huge change in spirituality? And do we just, are we just at this point right now where we are seeing uh, a lot of its opposite and how can we sharpen who we are and for those of us who who teach, who are dedicated to doing ministry, helping others find their truth, who offer music, what is it that we can do and what is it that just an individual listening to this radio show, what can he or she do because people feel helpless? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, the first thing that first thing that came up for me is I know that in just studying sometimes metaphysically the Bible and about creation, I believe that we create out of the void or out of the chaos. And I, like you, Donna, have thought over the last few years, well, it's about time because I don't like to affirm it. But when I look out at the world, if I turn on the television at any given moment or anything and what I see, and even in the city of Nashville, Tennessee, and I've grown up here, and I cannot turn on the news any day where there is not someone that has been killed, someone that has been shot, some sort of something going on. And it was not like that when I was growing up here. And I think there has been a lot of chaos out there or the void or the darkness or whatever we want to call it and one of the things that came through my mind just the other day and I was talking and laughing with my partner Judy do do either one of you all remember the movie Network 
That was a long, yeah. long time ago. Mm-hmm. Either one of you ever saw that movie? Yeah. Okay. There was a really funny part in it because these people that were working in the radio, TV production world were trying to get across to humankind that they didn't have to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, in it was either Chicago or New York City, windows started flying over, uh, open all over the whole city, and people started screaming out the windows, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of what I feel is this undercurrent that Donna was talking about, and it's an undercurrent in religion and in spirituality and in ministry and in school settings and in you know, hospitals and in so many things, it's like there's this undercurrent of anger and people are tired, or as they said in the the network show, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And I think that it's time for this this new thought, this new creation to come. It's like the new Jerusalem that it's spoken of in Revelation is trying to come from the ashes or something. And, you know, I'd love to hear what you have to say, Jamie, because I, I do sense that something is shifting. Well, I mean, I have my moments where I realize, I mean, I, I, I'm pausing here going, do I do this? I mean, I, I've got a, a congregant right now that is, uh, I mean, even when I, I see them, uh, I feel anger because um, I feel they are um, – being mean spirited and i'm mm-hmm. and i'm letting it consume me and so as I, I you know on sunday morning i have to go oh, yay though i walk through the valley <laughs> and i go okay what's this really about for me and it uh-huh. when i get really clear and it's even like you were saying i remember as a kid seeing that movie you know when they threw the windows open yes. but i think what i what i'm really thinking about is when i'm angry you know, like I said earlier, the Course of Miracles says I'm never upset for the reason I think. You know, when someone's, I get angry when someone takes liberty to say something to me. That to me is not um, appropriate. Um, right. It was uncalled for, and I'm I'm mad. I think I'm mad at them for saying it. And then I realize, you know, two hours, four days, four years later, what I'm really upset about. <clears throat> excuse me, is that I did not. The little boy in me didn't stand up for me and say, that is not acceptable. And Mm -hmm. until you can speak to me with kindness and respect, this conversation is done. I've learned that now, (laughs) let me tell you. Right. I mean, but uh, that I go, oh, I thought for all this time I was mad at them, and I get it. Father, Mother, God, they are just being who they are. They're angry, and through their thing, I was the target which has been a, a story of mine since childhood. And I said, we have to rewrite that story. I'm nobody's target anymore. Mm. And so I'm not angry at you for being who you are. I'm angry with me that I allowed myself to be disrespected. Yes. Wow. So. Yes. Yes. I, I think you make a great point, Jamie. And two things. Uh, it seems to me that many times we feel all of these things are beyond our control. So that builds up our anger, our feelings of frustration and hopelessness. And one of the things that spirituality teaches is that we are at choice. We are in control. It is not all outside of us. 
the one thing we can control is our response to a situation. We might not be able to control the situation or other people, but no one except ourselves can take away the freedom of choice as how to how we respond. You know, that's pretty and, profound. Yes, and Colin Tipping, you mentioned Jamie that um, I work as a radical forgiveness coach, and I have for oh my about fourteen years now. And Colin Tipping has, who originated radical forgiveness has a line that when I use it with my clients or just in talking, people start to roll their eyes and go, what did you say? And here's the line. That which bothers us about another person represents that within ourselves that we have denied, repressed, and projected onto another. Woo! Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) I think you need to read that again or say that again. Yeah, but when you do it, Donna, but here's the thing, when you do it again, because I'm a big person, because I always think if somebody was tuning in, is give us, after you read it again, is give an example of what that would be like so that somebody can go, oh, okay, I do, I can relate to that, I've done that. You see what I'm saying? Okay, absolutely. And, And we were talking about being at choice into how we respond given any situation, just like you were saying. So here is that famous line. I'm paraphrasing. I'm doing this from memory, so it's not verbatim. That which bothers us about another person represents that which we ourselves have denied, repressed, and projected onto another person. So, ouch, again. So here, oh, let me just think of an example off the top of my head. Um Perhaps someone, we want somebody to do something or help us out or whatever, and they don't follow through, or they do and they do a job that is unsatisfactory to us or whatever. And so we're really angry. We're angry at their lack of responsibility. We're angry at their lack of of taking on and doing what they promised or broken promises, et cetera. Many times we can look within and go, okay, how many promises have I broken to myself? Where is it that I didn't take responsibility for myself? Where is it that there is some work in my life that I promised myself I I would do and I have delivered on it? Where have I let myself down? Yes, you know, here's the thing is that we don't condone the actions of others. It's about understanding and it's about seeing what if me, do I see mirrored in this? It's kind of that thing where we have always talked about the shadow side within any of us. And given wherever we are in our lives, we can either keep responding from that level uh, or we can become more enlightened and respond from compassion, kindness, and love, as you said. So that's just one example. I could think of a lot more. I hope that helps. That was absolutely Could, beautiful. Because but I are you know, guys seeing the shift? I mean, are you seeing the yes. shift in ministry and that there are, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, personally, not as fast as I would like, but it's not, you know, like I go, it can't be about me. But I am seeing there is a, an awakening that I see people getting it and they're getting, they're getting more passionate about engaging in spiritual yes. practice. So are both of you seeing that in your work? Most definitely. I think that just like the the 
quote that Donna was quoting to us, I think that there are more and more people who get that piece and that there are more and more people because, you know, there have been for years all of these amazing people, Marianne Williamson and Carolyn Meese and Greg Braden and Wayne Dyer, who've been putting all of this information, saturating our world with all this spiritual writing, which looked a little bit like psychological stuff, but it was really deep, deep spiritual work. And I think people are ready to do this work, but I think sometimes even those that are in some of our congregations who have been there for years are a little bit leery of what that really looks like. How do I really do this deep, deep spiritual work and change my life? Because I think the chaos is not only going to, you know, be out there and we're going to change the world. I think it's going to start with us. So I'm going to change me first. We know let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. But again, I don't know what you're seeing, Jamie, but that's kind of what I'm seeing in my congregation and even in some of the people that I touch out in the world. For instance, I was in a board meeting for a theater group in town this morning and one of the women said no matter what's going on you always seem so peaceful i want to come sit down and talk to you about what that looks like and i just kind of, you know i just laughed and went lord mercy you haven't seen me on a bad day yet obviously but you know it's like i think people are yearning for this deep work and how to get there does that make sense yes so donna what about you well, uh, I was going to give you plenty of time if there was more than you wanted to say other than a yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's totally true, um, Denise, because I know that, as we said, given the climate and just the energies that we feel swirling around us, I see people realizing, and I think this is a positive thing, that some of what we've been doing just isn't working and it isn't going anywhere and where it appears to be going isn't very good. So perhaps we better look at some other ways to go deeper, perhaps each of us individually. You know, whenever, perhaps isn't it just the fact that there are those who just don't know the tools exist and that they have the power to engage those tools? Is it because people aren't aware or they just aren't at a place, as we said before, to realize they are at choice. They can choose to do this. Um, I agree, Denise, with you. I think there's a hunger uh, for people, and I think that sometimes given seeing this exact opposite, that also drives people to want to go different. Deeper, excuse me. I, I also believe that, as you said, with our churches, you know, I've long been a person that believes that a church or a movement, um, a spiritual path grows at the level of the depth of the consciousness. And so I see uh, there are a lot of us as ministers who kind of laugh and, you know, we'll have congregants show up to us that are exactly any of our own stuff that we haven't quite yet worked on. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> and they all show up Don't remind Sunday. us, Donna. 
<laughs> they all get on our board, you know. Now, they do. Remember, they show up on the board, and it's like, please leave. No, yeah. <laughs> right. And yet they are mirroring that opportunity for all of us. And so, you know, I think that even though I do not officially pastor a church, my ministry is called Focus Ministry with Centers for Spiritual Living, and that allows me to travel to speak to share music, to do workshops and retreats. And and in traveling, I do see, in addition to the fact that, that we all have this yearning for more peace, there's a hunger to live more from love and to bring to the light all of those things that would be opposed to that. And sometimes those show up in ways that are really not very good. But our courage and our call to courage is to be willing to address that and as ministers, be willing to see it within ourselves, be willing to see it within our peers, because we're all human, we have our human moments, and be able to continue to believe that there is a truth and a light that shines within that can go past any of this darkness, anger, chaos, and all the things we see. Don't you all agree? Most definitely. Jamie, what do you think about all this? Well, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about about the whole thing of, you know, since just recently it was 13 years for my anniversary of being at, at this church. Mm-hmm. And so I think about who I was when they hired me. And, I, you know, I was I was outspoken then, but good Lord, I've, I've learned to set the perimeters and the boundaries right off the start. And, you know, I tell my administrator all the time, we work so close together, I tell her, you know, when anything raises its head that is um, – not of the highest vibration, it's usually our fault because we either tried to sweep it under the rug and thought, let's just pray it away. But sometimes I found it really took saying, "Uh uh-uh, we don't do that here. You might do that over at First Methodist, but we don't roll like that. We, If we have an issue, we teach accountability and responsibility. Speak your truth. Come to the minister. Come to whoever you have an issue with. But we do not do triangulation. And we do not um, participate in that that energy here. And so what I found is, you know, you have to be nasty to say it, but you, you know, some of my greatest teachers have been very powerful individuals. And so I've learned that it, as long as I suck back into the drapes and don't say anything, what what is it what we allow continues. And so it's yes. setting the boundary and saying, no, that's not what we do here, and we love you, and you're welcome to be here. But that's not going to fly, and I've done it with board members. I've had to say to a board member, your energy has shifted at the table. Your energy has shifted, and there is a, a meanness, and I want to know what's going on because we're not going to do this anymore. And that night, that, every board member went around the table and said, he's right. There is something going on with you, and you're, you're very negative. And he left, and he never came back, and people said, oh, you know, weren't you a little harsh? I have a responsibility to this ministry and you you know the old saying and i and i don't mean it the way it sounds but it's the only term that comes to mind you can't let the whole ship go down because of one rat so sometimes we have to say you are welcome to be here we behold the christ in you but either take your meds you know (laughs) or you can't you can't do that here because 20 people will leave because we don't have the the spiritual encouragement to speak truth and say that's not acceptable behavior. 
Well, and you're talking about something that is very interesting because I just had a conversation with one of the people in my leadership recently, and um, the person has a tendency to, you know, what I would say go off at times and spew stuff and, you know, congregants hear stuff. And, you know, the conversation was more of, you know, it's just who I am and it's how I show up. And I said, you know, I understand all of that from you, and I invite you into doing deeper work around this. And I also truly believe, and I would love to hear from Donna's perspective on this, that when I decide that I'm going to step up into some sort of leadership in a spiritual community, you know, whether or not, it was like what Jamie and I were talking about in the beginning, whether or not we realize it, people hold us to a higher standard at that point in time. What what do you think about that, Donna? Well, I think that is a great point. And, Jamie, I just want to acknowledge your courage also to speak that truth um, regarding that person and that situation. That's one of the difficult things, I believe, about uh, having a church uh, spiritual center um, because, if we if we know that we're all just on a path to try to reconnect with the truth of who we are as ministers, as congregants, whatever it is, then even the discord is part of that path. And perhaps that person that, sh- that was there for you, Jamie, um, was used to having a response from people like the one they expected, and you did not deliver that. And perhaps that was the most loving, and you can put that in quotes, or highest and best thing you could do because you you told that person this isn't acceptable, go figure out what you need, but in this space it's not permitted. And I think, uh, Denise, what you said is very important because in a day and age when we have so many things that are available to us and and it seems we're trying to figure out, well, what is real and what is not, people who are seeking to live life more fully and in a way that feels like a blessing, one thing they need, when they go to a spiritual center, I believe um, they want to see a minister who is real, who right. is willing to say, I I stumble, I'm learning, uh, I let us share this experience together, but I only am going to believe the highest and best about you, and if I see otherwise, I'm going to tell you the truth about that, and it works both ways, you know. I used to, I was a school teacher at one time. I, I taught high school art and college art. I have a master's degree in art. And I didn't realize long ago that uh, when I was working with my students, I didn't really understand New Thought spirituality. Uh, But I think I was teaching that. And I'm sure, um, Denise, you can appreciate this with Judy, with your partner who taught so many years at school. And I believe you also were in the school system as well. I've been in the school system, yes. Yes. And that was that when my students came in, I only expected the best of them. 
I did not look at their past guidance records or who said, oh, that's not a good one. Don't let them have any responsibility. I said, when you walk in the store, you start clean. I expect your best, and if you don't give me the best, then I will hold you accountable for that. But that's our agreement here. Jamie, that's what I heard you saying with your congregants. And, Denise, I'm sure that's what you want also, just the best and holding people accountable. What do you all think? Oh, most definitely, because, again, I feel like that that's what spiritual leadership is all about. And as I said, I think that when we step into spiritual leadership, and I'm beginning to learn um, in this area of town because I'm, I'm in a leadership program there of Donaldson Hermitage and Old Hickory, it's like when I step into leadership of any kind, I hold myself, I do automatically hold myself to a high standard of I'm here to uh, do whatever I can in this environment, but I'm here to model a way of being. And, you know, in unity, I don't know what how Jamie terms it in his spiritual community, but I tell people we are living not a creed or not any given laws, so to speak, but we're learning to live the unity way of life. And the unity way of life involves some what I call personal responsibility, which I define as my ability to respond, not react. But Mm. if I'm going to learn how to respond, I've got to do my deep work which, you know, for some people is the forgiveness work that you do, Donna, which is very yeah. beneficial. Donna has done that with my congregation, Jamie, and it's a, it's an amazing process that she takes people through. There are many things out there that can help people, and I think that for me is one of my um, – deepest and most um, awesome ways of showing up as a spiritual leader is sort of directing people or helping them find that that way that will help them get to those deep places in themselves that still need to be healed because we all have them and donna you reminded me that you know if if what this person is presenting to me is bothersome to me, then, you know, it's something inside me. So sometimes the way I help other people is I go inside and say, what would I think might work for me? Would it be referring me to Donna and to go through this forgiveness process? Would it be, you know, what would it be? And then I will share some information with people. Now, again, I have to be open and say they may take the advice, they may not take the advice but at least I can model that it's it's a process that I have used. And so, Jamie, what about you? Uh, I think um, one of the reoccurring themes here, no matter what the message is, it always comes back at, towards the end of closing out the, the message of the service, is about cleaning up our mess, doing our work, yes. and, you know, you know, being really clear on, you know, people say, well, I don't know what my issues are. Yes, you do. You may not want to speak them, but you know you know what flips. Somebody will tell you if you don't know what they are. So yeah, come here, come sit by me. I'll tell you. But I'm, I'm saying I want people to get quit quit playing small. Quit. I mean, when we get addicted to 
and, and most of us have probably been taught this from early childhood, is is learning to blame other people. We call it the blame game. So-and-so made me, so-and-so hurt me, so-and-so cheated on me. And like we were talking earlier, you know, you have to go to yourself, oh, you know, where where have I cheated on somebody? And people go, well, I don't cheat. And then you go, um, yeah, you know, like one of my teachers told a story about someone saying, you know, we so-and-so, it was a murder. Well, where have you murdered? Well, I've never, yes, you have. Every time you slandered somebody's reputation, that's a form of murder. You murdered their reputation. So I, I, for me, it's always coming back, and I always tell my congregation to make sure that I covered it. I'm not talking to you. Mm-hmm. You just happen to be here. I'm talking to me. This is about me <laughs> and right. what I'm working with and what spirit calls to me and says, uh, here's your mop and dustpan. You know, and so I don't ever go up there and do the holier-than-thou thing, and I've mastered this. I tell them, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm working on, because they will nail you to the wall. And that's what I say about, I really do think, I mean, Don, I've been hearing about you for years. I've not had the opportunity to meet you, but one of the things that draws me to the energy of Denise, and I think vice versa, is, number one, the sense of humor, but also the whole thing of being authentic, um, I've had people for years tell me since, you know, ministers should or spiritual people should not, have, you know, laugh all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be one of those people that think spirituality is that you died two weeks ago and you just sit there looking like a wax right. figure being holy. <laughs> I, I mean, I want to wear my tight blue jeans because it just brings me joy. And other people go, no, you shouldn't wear those because it's a distraction. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's looking. You know what I mean? And so I want to be authentic. Right. right. <laughs> you know, Donna has purple in her hair, so there. <laughs> I do. I I really do. I think you all both make a great point. One of the things I've always thought of for myself just for me I I won't say it works for everybody else but I I say this the moment that I think I know everything I don't know anything right you know in this and, and I think that's while we as ministers have studied we do have a body of knowledge everybody is always in the process of learning more and touching back on what we spoke up earlier, my thought is that I personally can't help anyone else go any higher than the depths to which I am willing to go. That's very profound. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that is what, uh, to me, that's a hunger. People are looking at what's going on, they're some someone posted on Facebook the other day, and I put it um, on my page because it was hilarious. It says, "Dance as if no one is watching, because they aren't. They're checking their phones." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> right. And, hey guys, and it looks yeah. like we have a caller. Let me see if we've got oh, a caller. Okay. We've got a caller here, and see if we got them. Cool. Okay. Hello, area code 404. You're on the air. Do you have a question or a comment? And they hung up. Oh. Jesus loves them. So continue, Donna. <laughs> well, what I was going to say, I suppose we answered their question. There. Well, we blessed That's them it. for calling. Or maybe it was Rachel from Card Services wanting to offer us a discount. I don't know. Wouldn't but, that be uh, awesome? <laughs> it, it would be. Um, I think also that 
if we look at the the fact that people feel it, it does appear that many people do feel anger and helpless or out of control. Now I'm going to go back and say that's kind of that other thing. Where in me am I not taking responsibility? Where am I allowing myself to feel helpless? Where in me am I not dealing with my own anger? And how can I um, go deeper to find this? And I often tell my clients, pay attention to how you get out of whatever this situation is because that is your information. Those are your tools, and that's what you can use to help other people as well. That's you know? awesome, Donna, because I, I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, I adhere to the model of I need to at least be, you know, one rung ahead of somebody that I'm trying to help because I'm shining the light on a different way for them to be. I don't have to have all the answers, but I might can share with them something that has worked for me or that I know has worked for somebody, you know. So Mm -hmm. I think for us, you know, the piece that I love the most about my job as a minister is that I minister in a place and in a setting that that loves the fact that I am authentic and that on Sunday mornings I tell stories about myself sometimes and I tell stories of where I didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. And invariably I will have a congregant come up and say, thank you so much because, you know, I thought you were perfect. And I go, dear God, talk to Judy or Jamie Sanders or somebody <laughs> that knows me and goes, no, she's not perfect. You know, it's it's like I think that we give people permission to be because as long as, I, you know, I – we started out saying we were going to talk about what was different in ministry and spirituality. And for me personally, what living this unity way of life has done for me is I grew up in a very uh, fundamental, organized religion that you had to get it right all the time. If you did not, you were going to hell. Mm -hmm. And so I lived in a place of fear all the time. Being in this new spiritual environment for me, my greatest desire is to offer freedom for people to be. Because in that place of freedom, they can begin to understand who they are as people and that they can live at the place of choice, Donna. Because when I first start working with people, sometimes they don't think they have a choice. They think they're stuck. You know? They really do. Yes, and I think that if that's a gift that we can give people and it's a gift that this new way of spirituality and this new way of doing ministry in our world today, I even think that people like Joel Osteen and people like that out there that may not be teaching the same thing that we're teaching, even though they kind of are, they're giving people that freedom. Joyce Myers is doing that. Yes. Would you, would you uh, agree with that, Donna? Uh, I would, and and I think that is a very important point. And I think that is, as we were were beginning when we were talking, you know, it's kind of what is the current form of spirituality, and what what does new spirituality look like as we are evolving, as we try to shine some light on the current society and the climate and the energies that are here, and when I 
My focus ministry is hosted by the Center for Spiritual Living Nashville, uh, which is a science and minor religious science church. And there's a second one here, which is Music City Center for Spiritual Living. And when I was learning in the church and attending classes and beginning my ministry study, one of the things that we used to have to do on Sunday was to serve as a greeter at the door and answer questions from new people. And some folks would show up with this kind of question look like, okay, what do you people believe here? You know, and they they weren't really sure they wanted to come in. And I would look at them and I said, I can only tell you my experience. I said, I bless the path that I grew up in, which was a more traditional way, and I still bless that way if it works for people and if it spreads a message of love and treating people with kindness and compassion. But when these people would walk up to me and say, you know, what do you all believe here, you know, is how they would say it. And I said, <laughs> well, when, when when I was coming up, going to church, this is what I was taught. Without God, you are nothing. Here, we believe with God, you are everything. Mm. And they kind of looked at me, and either that dumbfounded them or they thought, that's that's weird enough. I'm coming. I'm going to come in and see what they do here. <laughs> yes, Donna, that and, and just I, felt so good when I heard that. Thank you. Well, and, and I think too. And Jamie, you might want to speak to this also. Isn't that the new definition of spirituality? With God, whatever we call God—spirit, Father, Mother, Christ, Consciousness, Infinite Love, Divine Love—you know, it's. It's sort of a spiritual semantics game, but whatever that is, greater than we are and yet expressing through us, you know, when we touch that, that's the new spirituality. That is, that's what we're looking for. That is what breathes life back into all of us and this, and it breathes light back into this seeming darkness and what we're dealing with. What do you think? I think it's, you know, the other day I had... um coffee with a local minister he'd been in town for two years and um he finally reached out and he said you know let's go have coffee get to know each other and so we did and i was literally amazed at how much we think alike and we had such fun sharing and laughing and you know what i mean and it was i i think in this this whole thing of not only ministry but in spirituality there you know, maybe not fast enough for some people, but I truly believe there's an opening. There is a shift that is taking place in our consciousness as being more open and receptive. I mean, even look at this, you know, I mean, I've heard different stories on it, but what I had seen of this new pope, literally the the vibration of the things that he's teaching um, is more open, is more loving, is more kind. And I'm seeing that that there are even other denominations who may not publicly say they believe what we're teaching in new thought, but you privately they will tell you, you know what, I'm, I, I really feel drawn to that. And I think that's why on Sundays when we see, I mean, we have people show up and you can usually spot them, and they, they have their Bible in their hand, which is what I used to do when I went to, you know, the Baptist church and the Pentecostal church. You always took your Bible. And they're a little taken back when they, you know, the opening prayer. And I say, thank you, Father, Mother, God, and their heads pop up like Pop-Tarts. 
And they're like, Father, Mother, God, what is that? And so some of them will ask after the service, what does that mean? And you explain it, and some of them are just blown away by it, and they go, I love that. Others, new thought is not for them. And so they go, and, and I used to take it a little personally when I was you know, first starting out. I felt like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do it right. But it's like we're, we're next door to a, a very large Methodist church. And, you know, I mean, that's what I say to some people. It's not that they're wrong. I grew up going to, to fundamental, you know, things. I, I never felt it was wrong, but I just knew somewhere inside when I reflected back it wasn't right for me. I think there's a shift that I do think we're being more open and receptive to things that maybe yes. we were taught when we were younger. Like Denise and I were saying, I mean, Denise's family was probably more, was more religious and strict. Mine was not, yes. but... I did go to a private Christian school. I, I did do all of that. I wanted to be in church vibration. But you realize that there is an opening taking place, and people go, oh, you know, I, I think that it's happening slowly but surely, and it's a good thing. And I think, you know, there's stories of prophecies that one day there will be no more, and I'm doing the air quotes, religion, but that we will all incorporate into our beingness that we are all one. And I think it's, I think this is really taking place on the planet. I, I think that's wonderful, Jamie. You know, a lot of people ask me sometimes because I, I grew up in traditional um, Christian church. I was also a choir director and organist for just about every denomination you could think. And so I, I saw all kinds of ways to worship or to approach spirituality. People say, you know, Donna, what do you do? And I say, well, I deliver a message in music that unites all of us and divides none of us. That's beautiful because you do do that, yes. Because I love finding what we all share in common. You know, we all love, we all want peace, we all want compassion. And if we could just come together more and really understand and learn how to grasp that and express it and focus on that and realize that we are at choice and we can choose how we respond to whatever is going on and we can, oh my goodness, we could choose love. We could choose understanding and compassion. I think that paves the way for us to serve as ministers, for us to help shine a light for others to see, to find their own light. And one last thing is that I believe music is one of the greatest tools to bring us together because I'm sure both of you have seen you have a congregational meeting or a group meeting or a board meeting and people aren't agreeing and it's very tense. And suddenly, well, let's all sing a song. And there, my goodness, we're all singing in harmony. Music is such a powerful tool to bring us together when words spoken can just um, run up against the wall. Don't you all think? I totally agree because I think it's that vibrational energy. And like you said, there's people, sometimes people will break out and sing harmonies. But there is, as, as I have said to our congregation on Sunday morning, and, you know, we all love to sing, here and mm-hmm. we had somebody here recently that was visiting and after the first two opening songs he just tapped me on the shoulder and he said you all sing i said we are unity of music city what did you expect <laughs> he just got a <laughs> laugh but you know you can't be angry when you're singing together 
You just can't be. You know, no matter what's been going on, when you join a bunch of people and start singing together, your vibrations start matching each other. And, you know, Donna, I I applaud the work that you do on this planet with the amazing, beautiful music that you bring to the planet. You know, it's it's full of love and joy and peace and knowing that there's oneness in all of us, which is exactly what I think we're all looking for. We're, we're looking for that in spirituality, and we're looking for that through ministry. And I, I, I have this deep knowing inside myself that we are moving in that direction, that we are moving more away from what is different about us into looking for what is similar and the same about us. And my belief is that we're going to have to dig deep for that because when we quit looking at all the mundane things that we might be doing differently in the way that we celebrate life or that we celebrate our walk with spirit, I think we all, again, I think you said it very beautifully in the beginning, we're all looking for peace. We're all searching for love. We're all wanting joy in our lives. And so let's come together and create that together and quit talking about what's different about each other. What do you think, Uh, Mr. Jamie? Well, I tell you what, I mean, it's, for me, I always remind the congregation and I remind our music team, the music in the beginning of the service sets the very foundation. Um, you know, there's, there's congregants, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, there's congregants who care, they don't even tap a finger. They're not into music. I had right. one time, there's too much music here. And I'm like, are yes. you kidding me? That's what gets me started and gets me revved up to do what I do. And so mm-hmm. my thing is I really believe that, um, you know, what's new in spirituality and not necessarily just in new thought that more and more getting the word out about the new thought music, because really I, I don't see how it could ever be offensive to someone because it doesn't bring so much in doctrine of unworthiness and shame and all of that stuff, but you actually feel good. It's like when you go to a new thought memorial service. People, I, I see people hanging on every word I'm saying because they've never been to a service where they're hearing these positive things about death and dying, and they'll say, right. I've never left a memorial service or a funeral that I felt this good. And I said, well, that's because life is good, and right. even in the illusion of death. So I think with our music, and, you know, I mean, Unity of Music City is, you know, every time I go, Donna, I'm just blown away by the music that Judy Judy manifests through her spirit, and then to yes. watch Denise engage, and to have a have the energy of that congregation thrive on it, and so you doing what you do, um, music is a big part to me of anything that I do, whether it's um, doing a Sunday service or doing a retreat or a workshop. One of the key things first on the list has to be the music, because the music to me gets gets an energy flowing that words alone can't do. I think that in the end, it's going to be music, the vibrational energy of what music does that's going to bring us together as a planet. But, Donna, I would love to hear what you think about that. Well, I think that's very well stated because um, also, to me, the music represents that which is possible for all of us. 
harmony, singing, that higher vibration of oneness. And which reminds me, Jamie, you mentioned about people checking my website. Um, I I do want to say that I'm working on a brand new one. People are welcome to go to the present site, but if they really want to listen to my music, it's better to look me up on cdbaby.com because I'm working on a wonderful new website, but it just wasn't ready for, you know, this particular uh, broadcast. And I think that what both of you all have been saying is that our willingness as ministers, as teachers, as human beings, regardless of what we do with our lives, the responsibility and the willingness of each of us to go deeper can help inspire us, of course, and others. And every person's energy matters. You know, one person might think, I'm out of control. What I do and say doesn't make a difference. Yes, it does. Because I love the quote by Rumi that says, the wound is the place where the light enters. Mm-hmm. And if we're willing to look at our wounds, if we're willing to do the work, study with others, listen to ministers, read books, do listen to the music, sing, if we're willing to do the work, then that's the promise that can create the energy to create more life. And I personally believe really support the definition of new spirituality that can bring us back to the truth of who we all are. So real quickly, let's, let's you know, to get ready to wind things down here, let's, one by one, we'll, we'll start with you, Donna, of, of what is it that, you know, we're talking about what we see is taking place, but what would we like to affirm that we see manifesting in the realms of spirituality and in ministry? What I would personally like to affirm and like to see is that we all be willing to open up to focus on the very same things that we all want and understand that we may have different ways to approach, but if we can look at our differences, if we can remember that love and compassion and kindness really is it those are the universal language keys if we can do that if we can be willing and if we can be willing to look at whatever differences we have with another person if we can say is there anything in that that reminds me of myself and if we can do our own work and remember that love is our basis i i affirm that we will reclaim and live from that truth and live more in oneness and that's what i want to see unfold and i choose to believe in Beautiful. You know, what I would say is that I I feel like the way of peace and love and light and joy and goodness is the way of inclusion Mm. and um, drawing the circle bigger and inviting people into the circle. And as I say many, many times on Sunday morning, we will create the world that we have been dreaming of when we're able to look into each other's eyes and have a single thought, brother Mm. or sister. You are my brother. You are my sister. We are one. We are the same. Beautiful, yes. Yeah, I think that's, um, for me, I I, I keep getting this thing about that we're just a, on our journey, because it's a personal journey, you know, we, in the religion world, we used to say it's about having a personal relationship with with Christ, 
And so to me, it, it, this whole thing, this whole journey of spirituality, it's a personal thing. And so for us to be so committed to taking care of who we are, how we are, where we are, but being willing to clean up our issues, to be willing to transmute the energy of past hurts, resentments, and regrets, and that we are filled with the light and the peace of the essence of love as we awaken to that Christ energy that is always active and present in and through each one of us. And people talk about, like we said, let there be peace on earth, and, and I think we forget that that line afterwards, which is so imperative to our own transformation, is let it begin in me, as me, through me, you know. And so I, I think today has been a, I think today has been a really powerful show, and I think you guys will both hear it when you hear the rebroadcast later tonight if you go back and listen. I think we've covered a lot of information, and. Um, I suggest that we all promote it on our pages to, so that we get it out there, that people listen. And it's not a thing about trying to make people wrong, people. It's about us going, okay, where could I shift that energy in me? Where could I show up better in life being that light, that Christ presence that I've been saying I am or that I am desiring to become in full expression? And so, Donna, we just want to say thank you for, for being with us, playing with us. And I do want to clear up one thing. So the the new website that you're designing will still be listed under DonnaMichael.com, correct? That is correct, and people can still go to my present site if they want to find out something about forgiveness coaching or the spiritual direction that I do. There are ways to contact me, or you can just uh, email me, Donna, at DonnaMichael.com if you have questions. Uh, there's a number there to call as well. Uh, but if you really want to listen to the music, the easiest way to get right to the artist page is just go to CDBaby.com. But, yes, I'm still up right there as DonnaMichael.com, and the new site will be ready later this summer. All right, and also, folks, if you're listening, you can look for all three of us. We're all on Facebook. Um, you can look for Denise Jurgen, Jamie Sanders, Unity of Music City, Unity of Pensacola. Follow us. Donna's on Facebook. Follow her to keep up with all the wonderful work that she's doing. We love having each one of you be a part of the show. And so, Donna, just thank you so much again for being with us, and you know we'll be having you back in the very near future. I would love that. I thank you all for inviting me and for the work that you do and doing this broadcast. And I know that it touches lives and changes hearts and spreads a lot of light. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donna. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Denise, it's about that time. And so, folks, again, we just want to say thank you for being a part of what we do. Tell your friends, tell your family to check out our, our archive shows. Our, we do every other week right now because all of us have very busy schedules doing ministry and, and doing all the things that we do. So be sure to check out our archive shows. There's been other outstanding shows that we've done together, and so there will be more to come. So always follow us. You can look for our Facebook page as well under Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders and Denise Yer. So we're going to leave you here now with another song written by the amazing Dr. Judy Blackwelder. And the vocals today are, of course, from my wonderful co-host Denise Shergan and the vocals of Jamie London. It's called We Are the Ones. So until next time, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep spreading the light. i
promise that somebody was going to come and save us, everyone. I think about the great souls who have gone on before us. Have we continued the work that they begun? We can all make a difference if we give a little more. We'll become the answer to what the world's been waiting for. I believe we Yeah.